WOMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. If you're, quote, clinically dead, are you positively, absolutely, undeniably, and reliably dead? Are these near-death experiences or death experiences? Are they the same for everyone? Hey there, and welcome to the four, or four, so used to saying for 504th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those begging questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. We have a first-time guest this evening and quite a story. You're welcome to call in with questions and comments. It's 248-545-7685. Rex Sexton is a surrealist painter based in Philadelphia and Chicago. His award-winning art has been exhibited internationally and in the media. He is also a widely acclaimed novelist, poet, and short story writer. His latest novel, Paper Moon, was published in February. But Rex is with us this evening for another reason, a near-death experience at the age of 18 that changed his life in some unusual ways. And his website, rexsexton.com. Rex Sexton, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Oh, uh, hi. Thank, thank you for having me. It's good to be oh, here. Oh, it's great having you here. So uh, why don't we uh, just start off with your experience. What happened to you when you were 18? Uh, okay, uh I uh, I had my first job. I, I was at work, and I was uh, I got sick. Uh, through the day, I was getting uh, uh, sicker and sicker. I was having uh, high fevers and uh, headaches. Uh, so I went to the nurse, and uh, she sent me home. And uh, by the time I got home, I was uh, driving home and, and becoming delirious. Uh, uh, so like I met drivers in New England here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or, yeah, or in Philly, you should see yeah. the <laughs> uh, Sorry to uh, interrupt, I couldn't help. Okay, uh, all right, all right. Anyway, so uh, the nurse sent me home, but by the time I got home, uh, I, I was delirious. I uh, went into a coma, uh, and uh, I was taken to the hospital. Uh, and I, at the hospital, uh, they gave me last rites. Uh, they pretty much gave me up, and uh, you know, my mother and father told me the the story, and uh, and I flatlined there, and uh, uh, so everything just shut off, and uh, uh, and uh, I was, I guess, assumed to be dead, and uh, however. Uh, I, I, while this was going on, I, I traveled to another uh, place. Uh, 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 I, I woke up uh, in another place. I was in this uh, uh, cold uh, or cool, dark place, which was like a cave. Uh, and uh, it was very quiet, very peaceful, and... Uh, all right, well, I'll tell you first what, what got me there. I had spinal meningitis. Uh, uh, I think there's outbreaks of that going on now somewhere in uh, New yeah. England. Or something. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, it's a very lethal disease. And, uh, you know, it's deadly, and uh, your your brain and spinal cord get in, infected. And 
and and you know it just uh, it, it will kill you. Uh, so uh, I woke up in this in this place, uh, which was like a, a cave, and uh, uh, I, I, the sickness was gone, the fears were gone. I I, I felt fine. Only I I knew that I was dead. I mean, uh, this was like a death place. It was just written all over it that you know you're dead you know what i mean uh and i didn't get frightened by that i was just very calm about it uh it it just surprised me that you know that i was in in this death uh, cave uh and uh, why i was still there because by the time i was 18 uh i i no longer believed in god uh many of my friends and i you know decided in high school that uh you know, we we took classes in in uh, evolution and science and uh, biology and you know whatnot, and uh, so I uh, I didn't, no longer believed in God, and so I could not figure out uh, what was going on, uh, and I, I knew that what was going on was going on, and, and I've heard a lot of doubts about that over over time. But when I was a kid, I had rheumatic fever, so I knew all about hallucinations and deliriums and 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 uh, fever dreams and whatever. And also, you know, by the time I was eighteen, I smoked some pot and dropped some acid, uh, and so I I knew what those things felt like. But uh, this was very real, uh, and I, I was trying to figure out what it was. But before I could actually figure out what it was uh i started moving uh i was just moving straight ahead and uh i was moving down this tunnel this long narrow tunnel and it had a light at the end of it and uh i was just shooting for this tunnel faster and fast faster uh, uh the the velocity kind of took my breath away so to speak if i if i had any breath uh and uh I shot out of this tunnel. Uh, it was like a bullet being shot from a gun, uh, and I shot out into the sun. Uh, this blinding golden light. Uh, there was light everywhere, uh, and and within this light, uh, within this sensation, was a, a feeling of euphoria. Every instant was ecstasy. I couldn't bear it. It felt so good. Uh, I you know, went through my whole bodiless body. Uh, this feeling of uh, uh, euphoria and ecstasy, and, and I was wondering if this was heaven, you know, and or was it God? Was this like God? Uh, and, uh, and then I, you know, uh, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, I, I didn't believe in God, and wasn't that a mortal sin? And uh, so why was I going to heaven? and not the other place uh but you know heaven i wasn't in heaven for long uh uh i started uh while i was trying to figure it out uh, having these like flashes uh, they like the heaven turned into uh a, a room for a, for a split second and and it went back to heaven and it went back to a room and uh and i was looking down on my body uh as if from the ceiling I was all wasted looking and, you know, uh, discolored and, uh, I had all these 
things stuck in in my arms, medical monitors, I, I guess. And uh, and uh, as soon when I saw that, and uh, my heart started pounding, and I woke up with a jolt. I sat up, and uh, I was in this incredibly horrible pain and, and fever. I was just totally on fire, and I couldn't make sense of anything. I'd, these mask guys, I guess they were doctors, uh, tried to shove me down. They told me, you know, uh, I was really sick. Just, you know, they, and they looked uh, like freaked out. They, they just, when I sat up, they stepped back because I think, you know, uh, everything was all over with, you know, and uh, but then there I was. And uh, my head was in a fog. Uh, uh, I started fighting with these doctors, swinging at them. Uh, I was just, like, totally bes- beside myself. Uh, and they had, they had to tie me down, and uh, I was tied down for days with straps because I was very violent, and uh, probably from the, the experience and the, the disease. And uh, so I was in this, uh, my head was in this fog. It was it was kind of like in between the dimension that I just came from and, and the and the one I was in now. And I, I just, uh, my, my head was a complete mess. Uh, and uh, and this, this went on, and uh, they asked me questions to see if I was still sane, like who's the president and, mm-hmm. you know, Etc. and all that, uh, and so then they kept me for, tied down for a while, and uh, I was having these weird kind of things go on, uh, like uh, I was still leaving my body, but only like uh, I'd find myself staring at myself, like from across the room, and then all of a sudden I wouldn't be me, but I'd be walking out the door in the body of a nurse or an orderly or another or a doctor or something uh... It's, it's so all these these crazy things were were just uh... were going on, uh, on. and uh... i spent like oh, months uh... in a world of of crazy things going on and echoing voices and and light uh, so bright that it hurt my eyes and you know i couldn't stare at anything for long and uh and within all this uh i mean the days the days were bad uh i could check i could close my eyes but uh, it, it wouldn't shut out uh images images were just kept living in in my head uh and they weren't like images that you evoke yourself like you try to imagine something they would just be there mm-hmm. and they were just like you know running racing all over my mind and my my dreams were like acid trips uh they were like in uh, 3d and technicolor and cinemascope and uh extremely vivid and uh i dreaded going to sleep because uh, now and then i'd have these super technicolor nightmares that uh uh I'd, I'd wake up and and uh, I wouldn't know where I was. I'd be in a sweat. Uh, and uh, as these dreams went on, and uh, as everything went on, I was kind of slowly getting better and better. But uh, I was beginning to notice that uh, there was something really strange about these nightmares. 
uh, I was kind of getting my head back, but uh, there was just something very uh, odd about these dreams. And, and again, I kind of went like this. Uh, I had these friends, Tony and Judy. Uh, okay, I'm going to stop you, stop you there okay. because we have to take a break. Okay, okay. Uh, but we'll come back in just a few minutes and continue this. And I also have some, we, we both have some questions for you about the nature of this. It's very interesting. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. And our guest this evening, Rex Sexton, renowned artist and novelist and experiencer of a very interesting experience. Right back to talk about that. So stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
Sidekick Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. NewSkyRadio.com. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and to my left is Paul. And with us today is Rex Sexton, artist and experiencer of near death, or maybe death. Well, certainly one of the more interesting ones I've heard. Oh, yeah. I have heard ones like this, and I kind of have a theory about it, but I want to give Rex a chance to... Continue, yeah. Tell us us about the aftermath of this. So go ahead, Rex. Uh, Okay. uh, All right. So I I was, you know, recovering from... uh, uh, from the disease, spinal meningitis, and and the effects it had on my <clears throat> nervous system and brain and all that. <clears throat> and I began to notice that uh, my dreams, which were uh, very vivid and uh, uh, very almost like acid trips or hallucinations unto themselves, uh, there was something else strange about it. And uh, I'll tell you this little story. I had to uh, my guy had friends in high school, Tony and Judy, and, and uh, they were getting married. Now they, they were out in, in the world, too, and they had their first job, so they were going to get hitched together. And uh, and I was really looking forward to, to going to their wedding because, you know, it would be like my first trip out of the house. Uh, and I wouldn't be, you know, we had been cooped up for months. And I could see my friends and uh, have some fun and... Uh, uh, so I was looking forward to that, and I thought about it a lot. And then one night I had this uh, dream about Tony and Judy and about their wedding and, and the wedding reception and, and all that. Uh, and uh, everyone at their wedding was wearing black. Uh, and Judy's wedding dress was black. The, all the bridesmaids' dresses were, were black. Even the wedding cake was black. And uh, at at their wedding party, no one was dancing. Uh, no one was even talking. Uh, they were just all kind of, you know, standing around, and it was just a really gloomy, uh, eerie kind of uh, atmosphere. All right, so the, the next day, I learned that Tony got killed in a car accident. Hmm. And he was killed uh, along with another friend of ours, Jack, you know, these are just like 19-year-old guys, you know, and uh, uh, they were out, you know, having fun like, you know, kids do, and uh, they got in this bad car accident. Okay, and so, you know, there was my black wedding cake dream, uh, and instead of a wedding, uh, we went to Tony's funeral uh, and Jack's, and uh, all right, so that was when I first started to, Notice that uh, that I was having in these dreams, and I went back. You know, every night I started paying more attention to my dreams, or at least these vivid ones that I was getting. And I could like uh, they were like the premonitions, and I could pick out events of the day. You know, uh, if they were like uh, tense or significant enough, and. Uh, and and I started because I think yeah, this is really weird. I, I mean, and I would actually write them down. I'd describe you know what I dreamt about, and then the next day or a week later or something, you know, the, I'd go check and it was going on. The the, the uh, I could see what was coming, 
I could see the future. I could uh, predict this uh, coming. At least, you know, in my own world with my, you know, friends and families, and, and you know, I could uh, see deaths and uh, accidents and incidents and mishaps. Uh, uh, they were coming, and uh, and I couldn't dodge them. And then I tried to different tricks to, like, avoid them, things that were going to happen. Uh, uh, well, I don't want to go into that, but... Uh, no, 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 no. Well, uh, well, anyway, you know, I mean, life goes on, you know. But I couldn't, couldn't get away from these dreams or escape them any more than a, a, a puppet can uh, uh, manipulate its own strings. Uh, and so that was getting very depressing. Uh, uh because when when you're, you you life loses its mystery, uh, there's you know why do you get up in the morning? There's no point. So the whole thing was just getting very very de- depressing, and uh, uh, a lot of what I wanted to convey in my book is about this uh, that uh, aspect of extrasensory. Uh, 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 phenomenon, uh, the the prediction of of the future. This is the uh, paper moon. It's in paper. Yeah, it's in paper moon, right. along yeah. with you know. Okay. Uh, now, uh, you know, life went on, and I got dra- I got I recovered pretty much, and I got drafted, and I went into the service, uh, uh, and uh, life went on some more, and. I, and uh, I got married, and my wife is uh, actually uh, a neuroscientist, okay? Mm-hmm. And she does not buy anything I'm telling you right now, okay? <laughs> there's a wife for you. Mm. Yeah. Well, well, there's a scientist for you. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and, and, and none of her friends, like, you know, uh, go go for this either. So I'm kind of interested in what kind of question you're going to ask me. Uh, well, she, she should listen bit. to some of our podcasts with uh, people like Dr. Michael Persinger and... Fred Allen Wolf and yeah, Fred Allen uh, Wolf and, uh, and people involved. Uh, okay, well, I, I have a number of questions. Ben, did you want to? Um, oh, I know, I know, you're ready and eager. So okay, go oh, for all it. right, thank you. Um, while, I, while I compile my thoughts, well. yeah. Okay, now when I've run into this in the past, and it hasn't happened often, um, I wonder about several questions. Now, very often, I think Rex, people think that, as you know, near death experiences are are similar or the same for everyone. Much is made of the idea that they cross cultural lines and ethnic lines and things, and people very often have have similar or, or the same experiences. So we'll, let's take it step by step. When you found yourself, first of all, were, were you declared dead? Were, were you... Uh, were you declared brain dead? Oh, first, before I even ask that, not to make you feel old, because believe me, I'm feeling old lately. Uh, what year was this when this occurred? Uh, okay, uh, this was 1965. 1965, okay. So technology was not quite what no, it no. is today as far as this no. is concerned. Okay, all right. No. So, I mean, were you, was, was this a, like, you know, you were going to ask this, Ben, was this a near-death experience or a death experience? That would be the question. Mm-hmm. And did you, were you declared dead? Were you considered to have died by 1965 standards? Uh, probably not. All I know is that uh, I did flatline. Okay. You know, uh, you know, my parents were in the room, you know, along with the doctors, and uh, 
the priest had come and gone. I got my last rites. Uh, and, no, I did go flat. Everything okay. stopped. Right. I stopped breathing, and my brain stopped. Okay. Now, whether I was brain that, that dead or not, or how long, you know, death, I don't yeah. know. Okay. Yeah, well, the, well, the definition of clinical death is, is cessation of heartbeat, breathing, and circulation. Okay. Although it's not medically considered to be death. But they, 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 this is this is window dressing. I think your experience is, you know, regardless of the death. Far outshines this. Yeah, yeah is, is, much, is important. Okay. When you found yourself in this cave, Rex, were you standing up or lying down? Uh, I was uh, sitting down, kind of. Sitting down, okay. That's what, uh, that's on, what on it the... felt like. I was, like, seated. Uh, I wasn't lying down. I was seated. Okay. Were you in a uh, chair or on the floor? I, I think on the floor. Okay. Uh, and if I had legs, I guess they would have been crossed. All right. Like, you know, Indian style or something. You know? Okay. Well, I, well, just to preface it, and I, I've been chided for giving my resume all the time, but in... in Studying this uh, since the 70s, I've long ago concluded there is no such thing as death, not even for the body. And because it became apparent, to me at least, and Ben agrees with me since he joined me in 03, 05, I should say, mm. that we've got parallel worlds such as are talked about in quantum physics. We exist in many of them. The life is one life among all these versions of us, and really among all of us, period. And when we experience things like this, we're experiencing parallel lives. That's our opinion, okay? And having talked to people like yourself for many years who've had very strange experiences like this, uh, I've seen no reason to, uh, to doubt that. So as you move down this tunnel, did you meet anyone? I mean, much is made of the idea that people run into their relatives or religious figures or nice people who help uh, at some point in these experiences. Did you, were you alone during the whole thing? I was alone uh, yeah, during yeah, the time I was there. No, I didn't meet anyone. Uh, okay. When you, what, what were your, did you have physical sensations? I mean, in my experience, you should have. Uh, coming down the tunnel or going out into this light, did you have any physical experiences uh, other than the, the sight of the light itself? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my body was just uh, roiling in this ecstasy. I, and I felt the, the the velocity of shooting through the tunnel. And uh, actually, at that point, when I started, well, I was, I was lying down on my back as I was shooting through that tunnel. Okay. I don't know if it was because of the force of you know, uh, the velocity or, or how I got in that position, but I shot out of there in that position, or at least it felt that way. Uh, but you know, I didn't. I did not have a body, so this was like I had a like a phantom body yeah. that that felt things. Uh, well, different laws of physics. Yeah, a matter maybe takes a different form. Uh, it reminds me of of someone I spoke with a number of years ago when they first started building these water parks. You see all over the place. He yeah. was shooting through this tunnel of water, and he came out all shaken. He said he turned white. People were afraid that something was physically, that he'd hurt himself. But he said, I've been there in that kind of situation before. And he described something very much like what you just described. So I found that interesting. And uh, there have been other situations like that where I've heard similar stories. Okay, so now when um, all of a sudden you felt returned to the, I suppose, the, uh, the treatment room where you had been revived by doctors uh, how did, did did they attempt to revive you with uh, cpr or what did they tell you later how you had come back obviously they were they were surprised that you 
had come back. What did they tell you about that, or did they? Yeah, I think my mother told me that they were shocking me, you know, getting to get my heart going again. Oh, okay, yeah. Like they they, a... I remember her telling me that. And uh, I, I don't remember what else they were doing, but yeah, they were they were working on me, and okay. uh, but it was hopeless, you know. Uh, yeah, were you upset to return to the that scenario to your, your life that way? Uh, I tell you what, I just I, I woke up crazy, uh, yeah. and I didn't know what was going on, and I was in all this pain, but I did get, uh, I, you know, I, I did get. Kind of um, along with everything else that was like, okay. you know, right. I, I was getting depressed at being back in my body because it just like felt different now, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sure I was that. like lugging it around, you know, and yeah, I was kind of like trapped in the damn thing, you know. <laughs> did, in in the light situation, did you feel natural? Did you feel it? It was more natural for you to be there than it was to be, as you say, in this body. Uh, natural. Well, I don't know. It it just really felt good, you know. Okay. Uh, there's no, and nothing has ever felt as good since. Uh, and my my big regret now, you know, and we're we're going back to 1965. I paint, uh, I write, and I you know I've won awards for both, but I have never been able to capture what I'm trying to describe to you now. Yeah, I wanted to get into how it's affected your, your work, too. But at the moment, we have to take a break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio. Fascinating discussion with our guest, West novelist, poet. And we'll be right back, so stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am uh, Ben, and to my left is Paul, and with us this evening is uh, Rex Sexton, artist and experiencer of uh, the near death or death or whatever. And so we're taking a second look at this at this experience and digging a little deeper into what it really means. Well put, Ben. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I'm. Uh, this is my kettle of fish here. I'm really interested. Mm. All right, now, <clears throat> excuse me. The um, the the violence with which you woke up on the treatment table, if you want to wear Bob or whatever uh, they were doing there in the hospital, is very interesting to me, Rex, because <clears throat> there have been several occasions of this when I've looked into it with, with people who've experienced similar things. And I've gotten a very strong impression, and so have they, that they did not return to precisely the same world they left so to speak, and uh, down deep they kind of knew it, and they really freaked about it. Now, again, we're getting into quantum physics here. Where, and again, this is just a theory. I mean, you can tell us what you think of it. Quantum physics here, where the laws, not only uh, can the laws of physics be different from world to world, but that every possible possibility exists in some concrete form. So the only difference between the world they left and the world they were returned to might have been that um, th- there was a different president. And that actually happened to one guy I was talking with. Uh, they asked him, well, you know, who's president? And he, he gave some name they'd never heard of. Everything else was exactly the same. Now, that could have been a mental, uh, you know, glitch of some kind, some sort of memory problem or, or, or issue. Uh, or, as he felt, uh, he had returned to not quite the same world he left. And uh, lo- putting that together... I often wonder when people, quote-unquote, die here and are we go to their funerals, have they not wakened in some other world and don't even know that they died here? They always say these ghosts don't know they're dead. Well, they don't know they're dead because they, they're not, I, I don't think. So what say you about it? I mean, do you feel that you returned to precisely the same world that you left? Uh, that's really interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I did. Yeah, okay. everything was the same. Uh yeah, it was just uh, the same world. I, I was a lot different, uh, okay, <clears throat> because of the experience. But uh, but but you were uh, different. Okay, had you had violent tendencies before? Uh, well, I you know, I hate to admit it, but yeah, yeah, I did. Okay, uh, I, I was uh, uh, I, I got in a lot of fights. All right. uh, so whatever we do, the list and I'll tell upset. you what this this right. orderly uh, at, at the hospital. Uh, when I started to come around, and they did untie me and all that, uh, well, I guess I, I must have punched him or something because okay. he, he didn't like me. Uh, well, all he, right, I he, can see that. He said I revealed my true colors. Oh, know, dear. When, so well, be that as it may. That uh, made me a little unhappy. But uh, Okay. Mm. Uh, well, I mean, you know, would that have been the case? I mean, it's possible that... Uh, 
you return to a world where your life was the same, but that somebody, you know, a bunch of people in Europe may have had, you know, I mean, this is all <clears throat> highly speculative, needless to say. Well, there was one thing <clears throat> interesting that I wanted to ask about, sure. which was, uh, Rex, you mentioned that when you were um, laying in the bed that you would uh, sort of leave your body, look around, you'd be in the other side of the room, or you'd be right, um, yeah, yeah. one of the nurses or one of the doctors. Uh, how long would those experiences last? Uh, not long. Uh uh just until I got a little bit more normal then they they faded out uh uh so it, it was probably just during my hospital experience uh but it, over time and I started to get uh, back back to myself uh they vanished but then that other uh the uh <clears throat> the 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 predestination or, or whatever that uh, that started becoming more prominent uh predictions and the, 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 the predictions yeah, uh, okay. the well, visions the dreams before we get to that actually i wanted to go back to the the uh, <clears throat> sort of being other people one of the things i've noticed in cases like this is is what i call the flashing nexus uh, you, we've never talked about it. It's never come up in any of our cases. No, this is entirely new to me. <laughs> okay. I, I have finally managed to tell my son something new. Uh, what that is, is when people have described experiences such as yours to me in the past, it seems that what was happening from the viewpoint of this multiverse, you know, if that's legitimate, you know, is that they were, were passing from one life to another, but... That isn't always a very smooth transition. There could be, I mean, this tunnel thing does seem to happen. People maybe remember, but remember, maybe they don't. But they are experiencing many lives at the same time <clears throat> for just a temporary period. So they describe what you've described, being a nurse or a doctor in the room or being the truck driver who hit them <laughs> or something like that, you know. And uh, so, so, th so that rang a bell with me. You know, whether that's the proper interpretation, I don't know. But I, I personally, I suspect. I don't know. It sounds interesting, though. Yeah, it, it, it uh, because quite this, this unity, as we talk about, uh, is indiscriminate. We we really do share the lives of everyone. Or there's a real connection, which is funny to the Western point of view because we consider the individual and everybody's an island, and you, you know maybe you work together, but there's there's no unity of being, so to speak. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case throughout the biosphere. There seems to be a sharing there. So that, that's just a thought on that. Yeah, maybe something for you to think about uh, for a future conversation. That's a good thought, yeah. And okay. You've got me thinking now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's what we want to do is get people thinking, including ourselves. All right. Um, so now let's get now uh, again into the uh, predictions. Can you give us some uh, some examples of, of this uh, new awareness you seem to seem to have after this event? Ah, uh, yeah, okay, well, well, let me go, yeah, go back to that. I, you know, Rochelle's a neuroscientist. Uh, Your wife, yeah. And, yeah, and uh, uh, she doesn't, you know, really go for the uh, the life after death of, or... Is she know, listening, by the way? Yeah, she's right here. Good. Uh, oh. uh, she hasn't thrown anything at me yet, so... <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, we're, we're far enough away, you can't throw it at us either. <laughs> All right, but anyway, but... Uh, Okay, so uh, she uh, over time, since I do make these predictions and uh, uh, and they do come true, you know, uh, 
uh, she had to start believing in that. Uh, so she believes in that. She believes that, you know, I'm pixelated or something and I can make predictions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, although she, she, can't right. she can't explain them as a scientist. Uh, and it's all alien to her and she just doesn't get it, you know. Yeah. But she kind of accepts it. Uh, uh, because, you know, uh, well, just when, when we started dating, uh, uh, I had a, a vision that we were going to get in a, a, a fender bender and uh, that night, and we did. We got in a cab and we were going to a party, and uh, and I said, look, you know, uh, uh, we're going to get in a little accident, you know, uh, but it's nothing to worry about, you know, nothing's going to uh, injure us or anything like that. And and then I, I I remembered more the dream, and I said, well, somehow or another it involves a giant, but he's not going to hurt us either, okay? So then we get in this uh, little uh, accident in the cab, and uh, the cab's got to get out and go deal with the, the guy that hit him, and the cops have to come. But as there was this giant doorman uh, in in front of a hotel who came over and helped us get another cab, you know. So there was the giant, and there was the accident, and uh, and another one where we were just dating. Uh, uh, we almost uh, got knocked over by some cops chasing some robbers. Uh, we were headed for the diner for you know get something to eat, and all this commotion. Said, but I saw that and I told her about it. And it all happened, and she was really puzzled. And uh, but you know, now she's had like a, a lifetime of it. So, yeah. <laughs> well exposed to it. Well, what, one of the things that I find, in, in, and, and there, there are many, many kinds of scientists. Uh, one of the issues with Western science, and meaning that which we experience in Europe and America, is is that it's based on a materialist paradigm, which really has been. Um, discredited and, and really blown out of the water by quantum mechanics to a great degree. Uh, now we know that essentially matter is uh, not the be-all and end-all of, of epistemology, but matter is just another form of energy and must must be treated as such. Uh, so the entire, in, in the opinion of some, the entire scientific method must be rewritten. The question is, what, what, what do you grasp if you don't have that? And I often think that, uh, I don't know if you agree, Rex, but, but skepticism, especially super skepticism, skepticism is healthy and necessary, but super skepticism, we don't believe anything, is often a defense against the idea that we don't control the world. And th that can be a very disconcerting thought. So what say you? I mean, do, do you think perhaps we need another paradigm? Uh, I think, uh, I, I, oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the strange things I've, you know, experienced in my life, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, people say, well, it's all the, in your head, but everything's all in our head. Our five senses uh, work through our heads, so how do you know you're really seeing or feeling or touching or tasting, whatever you're you're doing? But uh, anyway, we're, I'm afraid we're coming up on another break, our final break of the show. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS News Sky Radio with a really fascinating conversation with our good friend Rex Sexton, renowned artist, poet, and novelist. We'll be right back, so stay with us. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal in our final segment. I am Ben, and to my left is Paul, and with us is Rex Sexton, author, uh, painter, poet, a renaissance man, really. And we're talking of quantum physics and near-death experiences. Right. Well, Rex, we've burned up this hour amazingly, but I want to give you a chance to talk about your book, where you can get it, and your website. So go right ahead. Uh, okay. Uh, my website is http colon slash slash rexsexton.com. And uh, the book... Uh, it's, it's, you know, most easily gotten over uh, Amazon.com. Uh, you know, you could just, uh, uh, that's the neighborhood bookstore nowadays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <right>. basically. <laughs> well put. Friendly neighborhood bookstore. Yeah. Uh, so if, if anybody just wants to, you know, uh, search Google or type my name in Amazon or, you know, uh, okay. they'll, you'll be able to uh, browse a number of books, uh, and, uh, and you, you can, uh, Amazon's pretty good at that. Uh, yeah, they are, they're good. I like them, because our family's been in publishing, too, so it's, uh, they were the best experience about it. Mm. So, anyway, as far as um, the precognitive dreams and realizations have continued to this day, have they? Uh, you know, they've, they've faded out uh, a lot. Uh, they were very strong at first. Uh, maybe for a good uh, five or six years, and over the years they just kind of faded out. Although they, they still are there. They still happen. Uh, okay. Well, the funny thing is with that that you know, as Einstein pretty much pr- and has was was proven in subsequent years that time, in the sense of past and future, really does not exist. It's all simultaneous, and it's uh, time simply being a function of our consciousness. You know, hence a lot of these ideas about parallel worlds where everything already exists in this business. So that um, is perfectly understandable and quite normal in the sense of your experience, or really anyone uh, can do that. Uh, how has this um, affected your work over this? Did you become an artist because of this, or were you on that path originally? How, how, do you, uh, how have you incorporated it into your work? Uh, no, well, it, it got in, you know, it incorporated my work, but I was always a, a very good draftsman. I could always draw, and, uh, you know, I excelled at that, even as, like, a, a toddler, you know. Yeah. So my, my uh, even my grammar school teachers were trying to get my mother to, and father to, you know, concentrate on my uh, uh, artistic abilities, and uh, okay. so and 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 I always uh, wrote pretty well, also. So they would have happened anyway. It just it gave me uh, a, a different way of looking at the world and different kind of stories to tell. Okay, there was a note here, Rex, in uh, the media notes that we received that that kind of in- intrigued us. Um, why do you believe, according to this, that? We have very little control over our own fate. Could you extrapolate on that a bit? Uh, okay, uh, be- because I can uh, make these predictions, and uh, you know, weather centers can make their predictions. They can see things coming too. Well, you're uh, probably more like, accurate like, there. Mm. You know, like like uh, 
you know, they were able to save 100,000 lives in the Philippines because, you know, they, they knew the big storm was coming and everybody should get out of there as sure. fast as they can. So uh, that's why I say I don't think we have uh, control over our lives because I think it's all... Uh, it's all science. It's all physics. It's uh, action reaction. It's uh, cause and effect. And uh, uh, this goes back, as I see it, uh, you know, dominoes falling over ever since, you know, the Big Bang. And uh, uh, it's uh, predictable uh, okay. where they will fall, you know. Uh, so everything is. Uh, Everything is predictable. Uh, so, and then that uh, leads me, but I think you, you know, you just uh, kind of said it that we're all interrelated and interconnected. And, you know, when I told you I, you know, uh, thought I walked out in somebody else's body, uh, yeah, yeah. we have this, you know, we have this interrelationship with everyone going on. Uh, uh, so, uh, where, I, where I'd like to go with this is, uh, uh, political and uh, uh, if, if political, if, if, okay. Yeah, uh, I think uh, we should have. Uh, uh, I think you know we we all live in a rigged game, and uh, some of us are winners and others losers, and uh, and it's all fate driven. Oh. Uh, well, I was hoping you'd announce for president on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no, I just think uh, we should have a more equitable uh, tax and uh, system, and uh, you know, try to take care of people who are less fortunate, uh, you know, in the scheme of things. Because mm. it's not, it's not their, <clears throat> it's not their fault. You know what I mean? Uh, probably not. Uh, well, we are all each other. Go right. Ahead. All right. So really quickly. Um, you mentioned before that you were trying you've been trying to explain or um express the experience that you had. Do you think that your art is a good outlet for expressing this? Uh you know, I uh uh it no, it just doesn't do it. I mean, I I, I can create some uh, very beautiful art and and people really like it and they say it's unusual, but uh you know, I just cannot uh paint it. And I and I may dis be able to describe things well, and I hope I did that tonight. But I really can't capture it, you know, uh, uh, in all the, the uh, full blazing color that uh, you know I can never paint that golden light. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Never, and I've never seen it, uh, and I couldn't do it with a movie and or film or whatever. Uh, that it's just impossible for me to to recreate that world. And it's it's kind of often, frustrating. Yeah, I've huh? heard very often from uh, frustrated writers and artists that, that they can't capture their experience. Well, Rex, we're just about out of time, and uh, thank you. A very interesting conversation, and we'd definitely like to have you back. And uh, very best to your good lady, and perhaps she'd join you on the show sometime. Okay, that, that sounds like fun. Uh, all right, well, thank you. I enjoyed it, and... Uh... We'll have to get together. You know, we're not that far apart. And, you know. oh, yeah. Well, for, yeah, absolutely. We're down in Philly now and then. Absolutely. Well, well, again, have a good evening, and thanks for being on with us. Okay. Bye-bye. Very good. You can visit our show website at www.behindtheparanormal.com, where you can find over 500 free podcasts of all our past shows. You can also check out our site at www.newenglandghosts.com, where there are case studies and photos along with articles by my dad. 
Well, you can find my books on Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader, Amazon Kindle, Amazon.com, etc., etc., the neighborhood bookstores, Rex said. But if you buy them directly at BehindTheParanormal.com, I will autograph them for you. There's a thrill. And you will help us keep those podcasts free. Also on our sites, you'll find direct links to several charities that Ben and I have adopted, including USA Cares and Canadian Veterans Advocacy. Very fine groups you should check out. So many thanks to our producer, Brendan Jackson. And next week, December 1st, geez, it's already December, right here on CBS New Sky, uh, we will bring you an open line show to answer your many questions about subjects from even the most far-flung areas of the paranormal. In the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time show on WON 1240 and ONWorldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 Pacific, every Monday. And we leave you this evening with a thought from American writer, artist, and philosopher Albert Hubbard. Don't take life too seriously. You will never get out of it alive. I'm Paul Eno. And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time. <laughs>